give our online campus a what's up, some love this morning, everybody. Just give a shout to them. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. What a space to, to give to God. I just think that uh, when we say your kingdom come and your will be done, that he actually invades that and honors that and shows up where you need him to show up. I believe it's his will to show up and to be uh, God to you. Hey, Michael, let me give you this right here. I believe that he um, is showing up today. I believe that it's a possibility that he would show up in your workplace, that he would show up in your situation that you can't get through. I believe that his kingdom would come and uh, actually be alive in your life today, whatever you're facing, whatever you're praying for, whatever you're believing for, that God would uh, show up in that situation. And I just, sometimes we pray that and we're like, really, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Is it gonna be possible? And uh, he wouldn't have asked you to pray it if it wasn't a possibility. And so it is good to know that God is still interested in what we're walking through. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And uh, he's here in this place to speak to you and to encourage you today. Are you guys awake today? Y'all alive today? Come on, good. It is good to be in this place. I'm gonna jump into the word. We've got several great things happening today. Uh, plugged in as our, as our class or kind of a, um, a relational class that we have to tell you a little bit about our vision and values here. It's at 1130 at our cafe directly behind this building. There's a cafe and uh, we have something called plugged in. And so if you're new to our community and uh, you're wondering what our values are, our vision, you wanna get plugged in, we'd love you to uh, go over to that and just and meet us and, and hear about our vision and values of the church. And then we are in uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. How many of you have been participating uh, in prayer and fasting with us every 21 days uh, in January, the first 21 days or, or somewhere in the month of January, we give 21 days to prayer and fasting, uh, just making space for God. We, I believe God's a space filler. Come on, if, you know, he's just a good running back, right? There's those running backs that if you give them room, they'll make something happen, right? And so there's those hockey players. If you give them room, they'll make something happen. There's certain athletes that you give them enough room, then they're gonna, you, you don't even have to give them much. You just give them an inch. You give them a little hole, they're gonna make something happen. And so God's that type of God that you give him some room in your life, he's going to make something happen. And so as we, as we give him the 21 days, it's not, to, it's not to force God to do something. It's to put him first and to believe that he's actually going to make something happen and fill the room that we give him. And so every morning we're praying and fasting um, here at 6 a.m. to 7 a.m., just prayer. And uh, tomorrow's going to be a great uh, day of prayer from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. because it's MLK Day. And we're going to be praying for unity. Come on, how many know we need unity in the nation, unity in the races, unity in church, unity amongst churches. And so we're going to be praying for that tomorrow morning. We'd love you to join us six to seven, praying for unity uh, right now in this hour. It's so important. And we're going to jump into the, the word and get into this second part of this series. We started a series called Asymptomatic uh, last week, and I'm going to carry it all through January. And uh, we're looking at the thought of uh, during this pandemic, that one of the most dangerous things that could be was someone that had uh, no symptoms, someone that was infected with the virus, uh, but showed no symptoms. That's why we've had to take so many precautions, had to wear so many masks because you didn't know who had it. You couldn't tell if someone had it. They were asymptomatic. And so I believe, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me going into January, and he said that one of the most dangerous things in my kingdom and in my church are people that have been infected with faith, but show no signs. People that have been infected with a relationship with Jesus, but show no symptoms of it. And so we looked at uh, the book of Laodicea or the, the church of Laodicea in Revelation. It's the, the seventh church that re Jesus lists in, the, in a list of churches. And it really relates to kind of the end, end times church. Now, 
many of us uh, at different times in our life come in and out of these type of things because we're human. And many of these churches that Jesus lists in Revelation, uh, all churches have some aspect of that that we fight or we combat and that we walk in. But this church was a picture of the last day church in Laodicea. And so last week um, we looked at uh, buying gold refined in the fire from Jesus. Basically what, where this church was, they were lukewarm. Uh, they weren't really on fire. They weren't hot or cold, Jesus says. They were asymptomatic. They weren't showing any signs of what they declared in their faith. They were very rich in banking. They were very wealthy in, in pharmaceuticals and they were very wealthy in fashion. So, so fashion, finance, and pharmaceuticals, they had it all. They had everything. Come on, it's like, it like New York City uh, of, of today. And basically um, they said this in the scriptures, Jesus says it, they said, we have need of nothing. We have need of nothing. What they didn't realize is how spiritually bankrupt they were. That they had everything in one way, but were spiritually bankrupt. And Jesus doesn't, listen, he doesn't cast them out. He doesn't, he, he counsels them. He loves us. He counsels us and he teaches them. And so he said to them last week, we looked at buy gold refined in the fire. Buy something of true value from me. Don't get your value from the world, your worth from the world. Get your worth from me. Gold refined in the fire is what? It's faith. It's, he's saying, come and get faith from me. But listen, not just faith. It doesn't, the refining of faith, the fire of faith, when it touches your faith, it doesn't increase your faith. It purifies your faith. So when a, fi when a refiner purifies gold, it doesn't increase or decrease the value of gold. It just removes what's not gold. And so I think 2020 was just God removing what's not faith. God removing what we've clung to or what we've held to or what we've believed in. And so that, so that he can remove what's not faith. Now, all of a sudden, faith takes on a new value of its own. Come on, some of us went in to the oven as batter in 2020, came out as cake, somebody. Come on, anybody? Come on, the heat changes things. The heat changes our nature. It's just batter until it goes into the fire. And so God has had us in the fire in certain ways. And so we need to buy that gold from him. And then today, we're gonna look at another statement. The second statement, Jesus says, to buy or to put on white garments and to buy white garments for me. And uh, I'm gonna pick up in Revelation 3, 14 through 18. And this is what he says. And to the angel of the church, that's the messenger, or he's really talking to the pastor and the leaders, uh, but to the entire church as well. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans, right? These things says to the amen, the faithful and the true witness. Jesus saying, I'm the amen, I'm the faithful, I'm the one that doesn't change, you can, you can rely on me. I know others have let you down, I know others have, have preached one thing and maybe lived another, but, but you can rely on me, I'm the, I'm the fixed one. I, I'm the beginning of creation, verse 15. I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold, you're asymptomatic. I wish that you were cold or hot. I wish that you were refreshing or, or healing. I wish that you would put some preparation into the meal. That's kind of what he's talking about. I wish that you had a, worked hard to serve me something refreshing. But since you're not, I will spit you out of my mouth. Since you're lukewarm, I will kind of vomit you up. It's kind of an intense scripture. Because you say, I am rich, I have, I've become wealthy, and I have need of nothing. And I, I, and I know, actually, that you're wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I mean, Jesus puts this list. Welcome to church, everybody. Woohoo! You know? Can I, I'm gonna give you the medicine up front and then we'll get into it, okay? Uh, he says, listen, this is where your real state is. And he kind of keeps saying it, not to, not to bash him or not to cast him aside or to judge him. He, look what he says in verse 18, I counsel you. He's just, I'm just telling you this to counsel you. If you'll listen, I wanna give you some counsel. Buy for me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and buy for me white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. That the shame of your nakedness 
may not be revealed. Joshua 3.5, I want to give you one more verse and then I'll get into a thought today. Joshua 3.5, this is when God's people are up against the, the Jordan River. It's at flood stage. They're supposed to cross into a new, a new land, a new promise, and they can't cross because it's a, it's a flood stage river. And God says this through Joshua. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. Purify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great miracles among you. My title for today is this, cross-contamination, cross-contamination. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your will. Holy Spirit, uh, just take what I say and apply it to our hearts today. I know that you've got really good aim, Holy Spirit. And so just, just guide it to us, guide it to our lives. Jesus, we wanna see you because if we can behold you, we can become more like you. We don't wanna look at anything else but you. So we look to you today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome uh, to the Word of God. Sometimes the Word of God speaks strongly to areas where all the time it speaks strongly. I believe it's true. Uh, if you're new to our community, we don't gather around philosophy. We don't gather around religion. We don't gather around rules. We gather around a person named Jesus who's alive and well. And uh, as we look to him, we can become like him. And so uh, the thought today, cross-contamination. I know this pandemic's hit. Any germ freaks before the pandemic hit? Come on, be honest in church, any germ freak? I'm on my hand, I was a germ freak before this thing hit somebody. I, I, I'm the type of guy that goes to a restaurant and determines where to grab the handle going in. You know what I mean? I'm like, where did the least amount of people touch that handle so I can go in and eat in peace without thinking that I've got something on my hands, you know what I'm saying? And so, so now with this pandemic hitting, I'm even a bigger germ freak than you can imagine. I mean, I'm always thinking, I went to, to breakfast at, at, at First Watch with some friends the other day. And uh, as we're walking in, I'm going, I'm doing the same thing, going to grab the handle as I go into the restaurant, grab it from the very bottom with about two fingers, you know, right on the bottom of the curved handle. That's where, or, or I'm grabbing it with my shirt, you know what I'm saying, opening that thing up. I grabbed it with my hand this morning and I went in because you see the, the hand pump station, the sanitizing station right on inside of the, in the foyer there. So I grabbed the door, no big deal, went to the hand pump station and started pumping the, the little hand pump. It's one with the kind of the bars that go across it and I'm pumping that thing. About three pumps in, I realized it's empty. Now I'm in a dilemma, man. Because I've just touched where every other dirty hand. So it wasn't just like, I mean, that's like I'm cross-contaminated. Now I, I've touched that thing. And, and, and usually it's not a big deal because you touch it. And you know in your mind, you're like, everybody else touched this little knob too. But you're getting the juice to purify your hand right after you touch it. So it doesn't matter. But there's no juice. And so I'm like, oh, I go in and I tell my buddy, I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom and wash my hands before we sit down. And I just touched the juice with no juice. And I'm dirty, you know. So I go in, I wash my hands, figuring out how to turn off the sink and not touch anything. And coming out of the door with my foot and everything. Come on, anybody? Anybody sense my, my issues? So I get out of the bathroom and, uh, you know, you, if they don't put the paper towels near the trash can, you just throw it on the floor. Come on. They should have put it near the, they should have put it by the door. It's 2021. You should have learned that by now. I'm not touching that handle. <laughs> Y'all laughing because you know you do it too. And so, and so I, I go out of the door I, and then my hands are clean. Then I go to sit down at the table to have breakfast. And the first thought that goes through my mind is I go to pull the chair out from the table is how many other people grab the chair from right where I'm grabbing the chair? Sit down, I begin to have breakfast. I order, I go, I grab the salt shaker. You know how many people, they don't COVID sanitize the salt shaker. All you people that are masking up, every salt shaker you've touched, you've been contaminated. And then I go and grab the hot sauce. And then I go, it's this cross-contamination that I'm concerned about, right? My wife's gluten-free. 
And so we'll go get pizza sometimes and, and she has to order a gluten-free crust with her pizza. And so the first several times we did this, we'd go into a pizza place and she'd say, I'll have the gluten-free crust. And they'd say, is that preference or allergy? I remember the first few times I'm like, uh, and, and she's like, excuse me? And they're like, preference or allergy? And, and, and we're like, well, what's the difference? What do you mean? What, she's gluten-free. Like, well, I mean, is she going to die here in front of us with an anaphylactic shock and an EpiPen? Or is it just kind of a preference because it makes her, st- her tummy upset? <laughs> we're like, preference? <laughs> okay, and they make the pizza for us. And I, I just chimed up one time. I'm like, well, what would you do different if it was allergy? And they were like, oh, well, we would change our gloves and change the station and change the tongs and, 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 and wipe everything down and make sure that no residue from the old gluten and from that scenario got onto the new pizza. We'd make sure it wasn't cross-contaminated. God's telling us in the scriptures that you and I would put on white garments, that he wants a people, a group of, of his believers, of his children to not be cross-contaminated, to be conscious in life, not to be contaminated by certain things, to actually take the same effort that we do with COVID, the same effort that we do covering our mouths and washing our hands and sanitizing, the same level that we would sanitize our physical being, that we would take that effort to sanitize our souls. Why why would we put so much effort into sanitizing our bodies? Because we're scared we're going to be contaminated, but we don't take the same effort when it comes to the word and putting on white garments and purity and walking with God. He says, I just want you to make that effort that there's, there's certain times in the world, there's certain times in living that holiness, listen to me, this is going to be a, a strong message today. Holiness is not a preference. It's not a preference. And, and, and somehow God's given us this, 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 great, this great order of the word and, and we come to him and he's like, holiness. And we're like, preference. And he's like, no, it's actually allergy. You're gonna go into shock and die eventually. And he's like, forgiveness. Let him forgive your brothers. And like, preference or allergy? Well, preference, I can forgive him if I want. Unity, above all the other junk going on in the planet. Unity. Oh, it's a preference. I can take that or leave it. You, you know what I'm saying? And God's saying in this hour, there's certain things in my life and certain things in your life that we really need to decide. You know what? I'm allergic to that. Like I can't, like I'm going to have, it, it might not seem like it right away. Like I'm going to touch it right away, but there's going to be a consequence and an effect in my life. And hear me, not because it's some religious nasty thing that we don't want to be around people that have issues. In our life. We've got issues. Every one of us has issues. Every one of us, but we should be so determined by the power of God's word to look at the scriptures and go, wait a minute, this is not a preference. This is how I'm called to live. I need God in my life. I need, God wants you and I to be distinguishable between his people and the system of the world. And that's what he's telling the Laodiceans. He's like, you, you can't be asymptomatic in your, in your purity. You can't be asymptomatic in your holiness. Holiness isn't a preference. And so, so the Laodicean, this church, listen, that word Laodicea, here's what it means. Rule by the people. Te- basically, it, the church was ruled by popular opinion. So, any, so anything that was popular, anything that was fashionable, anything that was, that was financed, anything, they were ruled by popular opinion. And so, so their whole existence, their leadership, the people in the church, they, they were just deciding whatever popular opinion was, that's how they went. Can I tell you something? When we said yes to Jesus, you know he is King Jesus and the kingdom of God is not a democracy. It is not ruled by the people. It is not we all make up our own situations and, and all anything goes and whatever we want and whatever's popular is, is popular and come on. Thank you for that one amen right there. Woo-hoo! 
And, 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 and there's a season, there's a time, there's an hour in the earth right now that God's saying, listen, this is not a preference. The enemy is after us in certain ways. Look, the, the Laodiceans, here's the thing. They, had, they didn't have their own water supply. So, so these two aqueducts from two different cities fed the city its water. And so they were very vulnerable against attacks from the enemy. And the enemy knew if it could control the water supply, then he could control the whole entire city. This, the enemy is after the water supply of your life right now. That's the whole battle in Christianity. Who's gonna get the water supply? You and I do not have a water supply. You do not have a self-sufficient source. So you're always looking for what would feed your soul and quench your thirst. So am I. We're always looking. And Jesus says, there is no external water supply. So I'm gonna give you an inter- no external supply that can satisfy. So I'm gonna give you an internal well of life. I'm the well of life that springs up. I'm the water inside of you. And there's this water supply Jesus promises. But what happens is the enemy is constantly trying to cut off the water supply or control the water supply. And so if he can get us to buy into other water supplies or other sources, all of a sudden he gets us to, 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 to kind of to have the, the control of our life because we've given him the control of what satisfies us. Does that make sense? And so these guys were actually being controlled by the enemy in certain ways or all of the enemies that faced them because they didn't have their own water supply and they'd be threatened and they would kind of negotiate and give in. Here's what's happened. I believe in the church. I believe in my life in areas. I believe in your life. I believe just in, 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 and we're human, right? And so we begin to buy into the water supply of affirmation. We begin to buy into the water supply of social media likes and popularity. We begin to buy into the water supply of fit in at all costs. We begin to buy into the water supply of what culture says. This is normal. This is what everybody does now. We begin to buy into the sex addicted culture. We begin to buy into the perversion and buy into the, to the, to the greed and buy, we buy into it and we, and we begin to be controlled by it. And all of a sudden now the enemy has control of our water source. And, and so the Laodiceans were buying in and allowing the enemy to tell them this is what was going to be valuable. Listen to me, write this down. It's probably not on the screen. Whatever the enemy promises is valuable is always at the expense of God's virtue. Whatever, whatever he tells you is valuable in your life. It's, if it's coming from, from a different supply than Jesus and his word, it's always going to be at the expense of the virtue that God has for you and I. And I just don't want to negotiate. Here's what would happen. These guys would negotiate. Whenever the enemy would come to attack the city and attack the town, uh, they would not fight. They wouldn't put up a fight because they knew how vulnerable they were from their source that was up above them being fed to the city. And so they would, they would pull up to the negotiating table right away. They'd pull right, they would say, okay, let's settle, let's make a deal. Let's do whatever we can do with everything we've got to make the best deal possible so the enemy doesn't take over our city. And, and I think really, if I'm gonna be honest, like, I think the church, I think us as Christians in this culture have negotiated way too far. Can I tell you truth today? Come on, as your pastor, can I just be honest? It's not judgmental. I'm talking to myself. Like I think we've, I think we sat at the table with the enemy and negotiated where we're going to get our source from and what's going to satisfy and and oh that's just a preference and we've made deals and we've settled and it's like oh I, you know I'm 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 going to buy into whatever source you give me and I'm going to be fed. Why do you think social media is called your news feed? Because it's feeding you. It's feeding you. It's feeding you and and all of a sudden we begin to to ingest it and become it's an external source. And so we just have to be very careful in this hour. I think, 
when I say this hour, the world, I'm telling you, man, there's, there's, there's things, things are speeding up in the world. I mean, I'm not a doom and gloomer and an end time guy. I think, listen, the Bible started in a garden and ended in a city. Come on, somebody, we're ending strong. But, but, I, but I do believe that there's, there's things at play and, and the enemies at work and the, 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 the spirit of, of the world is at work to try to do his work because he knows Christ is, is coming back for a, a pure and spotless church. Does that make sense? I, I think I, I just, I don't want to negotiate. Here's what the enemy does. He offers external validation designed to perpetuate internal dehydration. I'm going to say it real again. I'm going to say it slow one time. The enemy offers external validation in every sphere, in every feed, designed to perpetuate internal dehydration. Jesus offers internal hydration designed to not need external validation. Does that make sense? And so, and so I don't want to negotiate with my water source. I don't, I don't want to negotiate with the enemy. I believe this, and it'll be on your screen. When we negotiate with our purity, we lose God's power. It's just, it's just real. It's just when you and I negotiate with our purity. Listen, I was watching it. it what, you're like, well, what does this mean, pastor? What does purity mean? What is it? Does this mean I can't watch any movies or I, I can't? I can't go and have a drink or I got I can't dance or, you know, I grew up in a, a church, you know, there was, there was no way that you could have premarital sex because it led to dancing. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, you know, what, what kind of rules, you know, can I not, can I wear, just wear pants, just cover every inch of skin when I swim, you know? It's like, no, like, that's not what holiness, that's not, that's not what he's talking about. Come on, what does it mean? You know what it means. It means that you don't read the book looking for loopholes. That you don't read the book trying to figure out how much you can get away with. That you read the book to put on new garments and white garments and purity and the, the holiness of God and the power of God and the purpose of God because God wants to use your life. He wants a pure bride. What gets out impurities? What gets out wrinkles? Heat? Come on, that's why we've been buying gold, refined in the fire. And, and I think that we know what it means. Well, what does it mean? You know, like if you were going to work tomorrow and you were getting out of your car and you parked where there's a little bit of a mud puddle somewhere you would, and you're dressed for work, you wouldn't go look at the puddle and be like, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't just go start slopping around in the puddle. If, if, there, was, if there was mushy, mushy ground or a little bit of muddy ground with some grass, you know, how, what would you do? You'd, be, you'd begin to like try to figure out how to, you know, how to tiptoe through that thing so you didn't, you know. <laughs> Why is it with our life that we don't, you, what is holiness? It's definitely not jumping in the puddle. Oh, showing up with mud all over. No, what would happen if you did? Listen, we're all human. We're going to get some stuff on us, but, it, but we got to concentrate and think about living with intentionality to, to skip the mud puddles. You know what I'm saying? And then if we do get something on us or we have a relationship and they're in it and we're helping them get out of it or we're helping one another, if we do get it on, we don't just show up to work like it's fine. We take a bath. We, we get in the word. We, wash, we wipe it off our shoes. 
know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just applying the practical to the spiritual right now. And, and it's easy for us to understand we're not going to get Chris's $350 Yeezys dirty. He's got a side business. He's not just a youth, youth pastor. <laughs> it's easy to understand we're not going to get those dirty. But why is it so hard to understand that we don't want our souls dirty? Just a preference. Just a preference. I don't want to be cross-contaminated. Y'all follow me today? I'll just ask you to stop negotiating. Here's why. It's not because God's angry, because he's judging you harshly. God paid for everything. He paid for all of it. He paid for it all. It's all paid for. Jesus paid for sin, every mud puddle, anything, any mistake, any failure. He's, it's all done. It's all paid for. Here's why. Joshua says, purify yourselves for tomorrow I want to do miracles amongst you. They come up to this, this, this river that's overflowing. They can't get across it. About a million and a half people. There's this overflowing time where they're stuck. Have you ever felt stuck? And you, and you just can't get across something. You just can't get through something. You keep coming to the edge of something then you can't break through. God's people come to the edge of this thing and they can't break through. God does not give them a way around it. He gives them some instructions to go through it. He says, purify, consecrate yourself. Purify, consecrate, set yourself apart. Decide to clean your heart. Make a decision. They were getting ready to go into a land that had different gods, different rulers, different things. And God said, I need you to make a decision in your heart before I do miracles amongst you. You need to make a decision in your heart that you're not gonna live how they live, that you're gonna purify, consecrate, set yourself apart for me that you're gonna make a decision to live different when it comes to the nations around you, that you're gonna live clean, that I don't want cross-contamination. I just think there's an hour that we're in where God's saying, I gotta pull my kids out of some stuff. I, I want some stuff not to touch my kids' lives because I want them to be different. I want them to be delineated from everything else. I wanna use them and do miracles. He's looking for some people that would be willing to be pulled out of some situations because they wanna be used for the power of God. And, and I, I'm just, you know, you've got to follow the Holy Spirit in that and listen to what the Word says. And I'm not going to put any kind of rules on you. If I put some list on you, then, then there's, you know, that's a man-made deal. For, read the Word of God and the, and the things of God and listen to what the Holy Spirit says. I mean, I, I just, I think the Holy Spirit's big enough to, I don't, that's not my job. Well, you know, people say, well, am I allowed to do this, Pastor? Am I allowed to do that? That's the Word in the Holy Spirit. You know, religion gets into where I start putting rules on you. I don't have any rules for you. I mean, I, 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 I just listened to the Holy Spirit. I was watching some show the other day. It wasn't that bad. Holy Spirit said, I don't want you to watch that in this, in, right now anymore. I'm like, I'm in like season two. <laughs> I was, they, they, they come up against this water and they can't cross it. Listen to me consecration will take you to places courage won't they're they're on fire they're courageous come on how many things do we fight with our courage we get up next to we can do it we can cross come on we got a million people we got courage there's things that you are fighting with courage that's going to take consecration to get you through consecrate yourself and tomorrow god will do wonders god will do miracles it's it's just making a decision god i'm going to give it to you i've been stuck here i've got courage god but i i don't think that's working any longer i'm going to decide to step back and to believe you i'm going to decide to set my heart aside 
to you, God. I need consecration. And I believe you'll do wonders and miracles. Joshua looks at the people and he says, he says, when you see the priests carrying the ark, move out from your positions. About a million and a half people. When you see the priest carrying the ark, consecrate yourself, set yourself aside in your heart, put on white garments in your heart, make a decision that you're not gonna live the way these nations live as you cross this river, decide that now, and then I'm gonna do a wonder amongst you tomorrow. And then Joshua comes and says, hey, when you see the priest carrying the ark, get up from your positions and move out. Do you know that we get stuck in our position so much? That some of you are stuck in a mindset, stuck in an attitude, stuck in a fear, stuck in a belief process. We get stuck in our positions. And especially in this nation, it's so easy to get polarized and stuck in our positions. And we have everything like this church. They had finance, they had pharmaceuticals, they had medical, they had banking, they had fashion, they had, they had cool factor, they had all of it. And they were stuck in a position. And God says, man, move out from your positions. Here, here's what happens. Sometimes I was talking with Gabe the other day about biking and cycling. Sometimes if you cycle or if you, if you like NASCAR, I'm not a, my cousin works with NASCAR, but, but I don't watch it a whole lot. But, but if you watch it, there's something called drafting. Anybody aware of drafting? And, and, so, and so in drafting, you get, you're, you're stuck in a certain position behind certain cars, but if you, if you get up behind a car and you begin to draft, you actually get as close to them as you can, and they are actually breaking the resistance. They're actually breaking a path from the wind, and their speed actually pulls you faster. You don't have to accelerate as much, so you reserve energy, and then as you draft, the minute you want to break out of that position, you can break around the side, and you have extra gas and extra horsepower because you haven't been using it to get around them and go in front and break out of your position. And the Holy Spirit, I think, is just telling us in this hour, it's not a bunch of rules and a bunch of stuff. It's just like, get up and begin to draft behind him. Just get in line behind him. Just begin to listen to what he says. And as you get up behind the Holy Spirit, the scripture says you're gonna begin to feed yourself life. And if you feed yourself to the spirit, you reap life. If you feed the flesh, you reap death. This is, just, this is just revelation, the, the, the scriptures. It's really basic Christianity 101, but I, I think we've gotten asymptomatic with our purity. Is that, I mean, I, I hope you're quiet today because God's working in your heart. That's why I pray. I don't see any stones yet. <laughs> but I, please hear my heart. I'm preaching to myself. And, and hear this. Jesus isn't judging you. He's not, he's not angry at you. He's counseling us. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says this, therefore having these promises that God's gonna do miracles, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness and the flesh and the spirit, perfecting ourselves. The word perfecting means maturing. It's a process. Maturing ourselves in holiness in the fear of God. The only time you'll ever mature in holiness is when you have a fear of God. Not a scared of him, but in awe a reverence, a respect. Oh God, your way is the best way. God, I love you. I've got this, this is all of you. Here's the big question I'm asking myself and I'd ask you to ask yourself, do I wanna be holy? Is, is holiness a preference? Not, not equated with harsh rules. Equated with a relationship with God. Not like I've got to dress a certain way and not say a certain word. No, 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 no. There might be some things you can't do as the Holy Spirit leads you and you know what the mud puddles are. But, but holiness, like, am I willing to respond with gratitude when people are angry at me? 
Am I willing to not gossip when, when they're coming at me? Am I willing to, to, to humble myself when everyone else is attacking? Am I willing to repent when I'm wrong? Holiness, humility, like am I willing to actually live different? Am, will, am I willing to be thankful to God when everything's falling apart around me? Here's a couple thoughts. Consecration is never convenient. You didn't wake up this morning and go, I hope he preaches a message on purity. I hope he talks to me about consecration. <laughs> you, didn't, you know, no one does that. So, so the fact that it's not convenient means this, it takes concentration. Consecration takes concentration. Well, why are we doing 21 days of prayer and fasting? Concentration. What the flesh makes available, prayer makes avoidable. That we would, that we would make an effort to worship and to get connected into connect groups and to serve. Can I tell you something? We've got a second service coming up. We need people serving in our kids' ministry. Maybe you decide to consecrate so families can come in second service and have an experience like you have. Man, what a powerful thing for you serving and consecrating yourselves. Maybe not kids. Maybe you're like, I got my own kids, you know. Maybe it's one of our production areas or serving God. I don't think you serve God here to please God. I think you serve God here because God would turn you into something powerful for his glory and his use. We, we have some, some very focused concentration, giving, generosity, tithing, connect groups, worshiping, hearing the word. These are things that we're concentrating on because we believe the concentra- consecration takes that kind of concentration. And again, just because God wants to do miracles amongst your life. What are you thinking? What are you thinking when you think of holiness? What are you thinking when you think of consecration? I'll close with this. and I love it when my kids want to wear my clothes. It's weird, but I'm like, I'm still cool. <laughs> They're like, can I wear your coat, dad? And I'm like, that doesn't fit them. But I'm like, you know, they still think dad's relevant. Still think dad's kind of cool. One of my, my son had my sweatshirt on yesterday. I'm like, all right, it makes me feel, I'm 45, you know what I'm saying? So I'm still kind of got it with my 17 year old wants to wear something that I wear. I think Jesus loves it when we want to wear his garments. I think he feels like, wow, they still love me. They still want to be like me. They, they still think I'm relevant. They still think I'm cool. They're deciding not to negotiate with the enemy and I'm telling them to buy white garments from me. And they still, they still think that's relevant in this year 2021. I think Jesus loves that. And I think right now, some of you are facing shame. The Bible says, he says, buy white garments so that you would not be exposed by the shame to cover the shame of your nakedness. Hear me, the enemy wants to throw shame at each of us. And right now, here's why the enemy's yelling shame. You're hearing my whole message and you're thinking shame, shame, shame. I'm not putting shame on you. I'm trying to take shame off of you. And, and here's the word of God. Many of us hear this word and we're like, oh, I'll never clean up. I'll never be better. I've tried. I'll never get over it. I'm too dirty. I'm too messy. No, 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 no. That's shame. The enemy uses shame. It's a cycle. We, he, he throws sin at us. We sin. Then he throws shame at us to get us to fear God and to shrink back and hide. And Jesus said, I'd ask you to cover, come to me and cover yourself. Buy from me garments, nothing you can do. Buy from Jesus garments to cover the shame of your nakedness. Just to cover up with it. He did it all. All we have to do is, God, I need you to cover me. Isn't it interesting that, that they hid because of shame in the garden? And now they're in Revelation hiding because of shame? 
And Jesus says, come and buy clothing to cover your shame. In the garden, he covered them. In Revelation, he says, let, us, let me cover you. Isn't it interesting that a tree with all the information in the world that they ate from brought shame and nakedness into their life? And isn't it interesting that Jesus went to a tree naked and took all the shame that that first tree caused? He's done it all. And some of you need to turn off the soundtrack of shame today. Amen. I, uh, I've been getting in my car and I've got a Bluetooth that connects to my phone and I don't use Apple Music, I use Spotify. But for some reason, my phone picks up Apple Music every time I get in the car and starts playing a song or multiple songs from Rihanna. Do you know how shameful it is for a 45-year-old white male to have someone get in the car with you and it's sexual songs from Rihanna? You know what I'm saying? Every song is sexual from her. You know what I'm saying? Good songs. I'm not saying it's not good music, but for me, people would get in the car and they're like, what are you listening to? I'm like, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm really, I'm like, sure. You know? Finally, I went to my kids. I'm like, can y'all, I got Rihanna playing every time. It just comes on. Can y'all, can y'all get it to, can y'all fix it? And they're like, dad, I'm like, is this coming from my phone? I don't, I don't have Apple Music. And they're like, they get it on there. They, they change it. And so my kids have changed it to Tupac. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I was California living the other day, man. It was awesome. <laughs> so, some of you need to go in and change the soundtrack of shame. You got, you got to pause. You got to get somebody's help. You got to get some relationships. You got to get some prayer today. You got to get some people in your life going, you know what, I don't want this soundtrack any longer. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually hit stop. I'm going to figure out where it's coming from. I'm not going to let the enemy drive some external condition to make an internal uh, fear come into me with God. And, and this is what I would say to you. Buy white garments from Jesus. That's all I have today. Like My prayer for you is that you would decide, like, I'm going to, I'm not gonna live cross-contaminated any longer. It doesn't mean perfect. It just means I'm gonna be conscious. I'm not gonna read it for loopholes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask God. And here's what happens. Conviction, hear me, last thing. Conviction is a gift from God and it's Him telling you there's no shame, but I can get involved in this and I can help you change. Condemnation is the devil telling you you'll never change. Conviction is God's gift to tell you there's no shame in this and now I can actually help you change. So my prayer today is that you would purify yourselves, put on white garments from Jesus and Him alone so that He would do wonders amongst our lives tomorrow. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You that we're all human. You know, you know we're made of dust. You know, the, you know the different puddles that we get in. You know the different cross-contaminations that we've faced in our life. Lord, we just say today, we don't want to live asymptomatic with purity. We don't want purity to be a preference in our life any longer. And so, Lord, not strict rules or condemnation today or judgment. I pray no one leaves here like that. I pray they leave here encouraged. I pray they leave here with shame off of them. No shame on them. Anywhere the enemy's tried to put shame on them, I declare that we get white garments from you, Jesus. You've done all the work. You've done all the heavy lifting. You went to the cross to give us white garments. You went to the cross to take every stain and every sin and every problem, but we will not negotiate with the enemy any longer. We will not settle and make deals because we're afraid of the sources of our life. 
we will make a decision to live by your word and by you being our king. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us in these, in these days where it's very tough to navigate in the earth and in this culture. No one looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed, not gonna embarrass you or stand you up or bring you forward. But if you're here, I'm just gonna ask you to show me your hand here in a second. If you'd say, Pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm determined. I'm putting on white garments. I'm not gonna live cross-contaminated. I'm taking shame off and I'm putting on the garments of God. Is that anybody in here that I could pray for you? I'm making a decision today. I'm not gonna let purity be a preference. Come on, several hands in this place. Purity's not a preference in my life. Let me, Pastor, pray for me. I'm, I'm done negotiating with my purity. Come on, God bless you. Father, thank you. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving on our hearts. I ask for your strength to help us get through every barrier, every hindrance. Anything we've tried to fight with courage, you would help us fight with consecration today. We give you our life today. Last thing, if you're here, no one looking around, maybe you need a fresh start with God. Every week we give people an opportunity to have a fresh start with God. The Bible says this, it's as easy as saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. I wanna serve you, I need a fresh start. The Bible is very clear that Jesus went to a cross, took all of our sin, shame, guilt, every mud puddle he took, nailed it to a tree and then rose from the dead to give you and I a brand new heart, a brand new life. And maybe you need to come back to him today. Maybe you gave him your life years ago and you've been away or maybe you've never really surrendered to him as your leader. And today's your day. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm just gonna ask you to put your hand up to me. If that's you, no one looking around. If that's you, would you just say, Pastor, pray for me. I need a fresh start with God today. God bless you. God bless you, sir. I need, God bless you, ma'am. I need a fresh start. I don't, I don't, not religion, not rules, not church. I need, I need a fresh start with God. Awesome. Come on, several people saying yes to eternity right now. Yes to Jesus. Yes to the price he paid. I'm gonna pray a prayer. It's as simple as praying this prayer with me. You can pray your own words, no magic in the words. You can pray my words. It's just saying yes in your heart to Jesus. If you didn't put your hand up but needed to, put your heart up right now with me. If you're online watching and you need to put your heart up to Christ, would you just type in the chat right there, I need a fresh start and let us know. We'd love to pray for you. Come on, let's pray together, church. Father, thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being the ultimate one that purified us, that set your life aside for us, that went to that cross to die for us. Thank you for taking all my sin and shame and guilt today and nailing it to that tree 2,000 plus years ago. And more than that, thank you for raising from the dead, coming back to life to give me brand new life. I believe that you're alive and I believe that you're God and I surrender to you as my God, as my Lord and my leader for the rest of my life in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody. Amen. Amen, amen. Give God praise right now. Come on, the best praise you can. Several people in here saying yes to heaven, yes to Jesus. If you said yes like that and you, you need prayer for anything, listen, we have our ministry team over here. They'd love to pray with you. They've got a free book for you if you did say yes to Christ like that. And then if you need prayer for anything else, they'd love to pray with you and just believe God with you. And then real quick, if you're a guest here, can, you, can we give our guests a hand? Thank you guys for being here. It's an honor that you'd be with us today. I know this was kind of a tough subject, but it's real and, and, and we love you so much. We've got a gift for you out in our lobbies. We're not gonna come to your house or bug you, but we got a gift for you. We'd love to put that in your hands and, and get to know you. Then we don't pass buckets. We just, uh, we give as we go. So you can give online or at our boxes by the doors. We love you guys so much. Come on, let's live uncontaminated in Jesus' name. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. for prayer. Amen. Love y'all.